up, people? Welcome to a very special edition of Wrestle Update. I'm your host, Dylan Fox. As always, joined by my good friend and yours, Nelly de Angelis. And we are here for a very special episode talking about the AEW Continental Classic up and down. A good preview. We're going to hit y'all with that Survivor Series this weekend when it happens. But we want to give AEW a little bit more love with this new tournament concept. And, of course, thank you, Nello. This was your idea. It really came up much like all of our ideas. It's always spontaneous. It's always natural. (laughs) It's never uh, planned out or, or artificial. It's always spontaneous and natural. That's why I love our show together. No, a hundred percent. When when you were just doing that intro, no one can see, but I was doing the Daniel Garcia dance. I'm so excited. Um, <laughs> now this I'm Continental t- Classic, I'm hyped, Dylan. Oh yeah, this is what I. This is my style of wrestling, personally. Obviously, everybody knows we come from a big uh, fans of Japanese wrestling in our backgrounds, uh, and this is much, very much considered like an AEW version of a G1 type of level thing. Obviously a little a little bit smaller, but the concept's so good. Shout out to Tony Khan for making it all no interference, even though I still think it's kind of dumb to announce that and it leaves room for the other matches. But as a fan, I know what's up. I don't care. I just want good wrestling. And definitely through the first night of it, we, we did get it. But uh, we're going to preview the full tournament, talk about each participant, and just the thinking behind them, uh, you know, I had guys I had in mind uh, for the tournament that I thought would be great picks. Um, and there were some great picks here that some of which I thought of, some of which I didn't think of. But for the most part, this bracket, this group are both pretty well thought out, I would say, overall uh, in terms of what to- uh, AEW would want to accomplish. I may have some different opinions if some people lose a lot that I I don't want to lose. Maybe I don't think should be losing. Maybe some people win too much. I don't know. We'll have to see how it plays out. They're already setting some stories out really close in. Obviously, uh, real quick, we're going to get to the format, and then I'll throw it to you, Nello, and we'll talk about what we think of the, the lineup here. So here's how this tournament works. If you're not familiar with it, this is how they set it up. Two blocks here. So blue and gold, they call them the blue and gold league. So uh, they mentioned we talked a little bit about it on our our full gear review that it's very much inspired by Premier League. Um, 20 minute time limit, which they did clarify. That was a question I had. Uh, They did announce it as well. Three points for a win, one point for a draw. If you lose, you get nothing. And no one allowed at ringside. And they even state here. If there's a violation of that rule, that could take a point away from you. That'll get a one-point deduction, uh, they announced here. And in the end, whoever wins each uh, group block, league block, whatever, the blue and the gold, they face off at uh, World's End on December 30th, right at the end of the year. Uh, So with that said, I will quickly announce the participants. Uh, We'll go one by one here. Uh, How about that? Since we started off with the first night, let's take a look at Gold League. We've got... John Moxley, kind of like your headliner guy. He was on the poster when they put it up online. Uh, he's a gold league. We got Swerve Strickland coming off uh, one of the best matches of the year uh, in many people's opinions, including yours as well. We talked about it in full gear. We gave the review, and I love that match too. That was a kick-ass match. Uh, Switchblade Jay White, which was not any kind of kick-ass match he was a part of, but he is in the tournament. Uh, we've got Mark Briscoe from Ring of Honor. They already announced him before. And the other two, Jay Lethal, also from Ring of Honor, and Roosh, 
uh, which is one of my favorites. And he's already proving to me why uh, one match in. But Nello, what do you think of this Gold League block here with six guys in it? What, what do you think of they, who they picked? Does it work out all right to you? Does it pass the smell test for us here on Russell Update? Does it pass the smell test? Is that something we've like established or is that new? My memory isn't isn't good enough to know. Well, I just made it up right now, so we're we're gonna have to figure out who passes the smell test here. <laughs> all right. Well, let me um here. Hold on. Let me uh suss this up real quick. So, like when I saw, we talked about this this past weekend, but like this is the first class, right? of this tournament hopefully that it goes each year um something also I, I really like about it is that it feels like so often especially with the g1 and other things there's like those months between um like the the tournament win and then whatever the eventual like challenges or anything so i like that this just ends at the pay-per-view and it feels like that's kind of the definitive end of it um like there's no sort of once it ends there's no like gimmick attached to it it's like the winner is the winner they don't have to do anything after like challenge for a title or anything so i really like how this tournament is you know exclusive to this tournament pretty much um i was really impressed with the entrance all that said um you know there's like one in each that like i'm kind of surprised by that i feel like you could interchange um you know, I'll go with my first one in Gold League, but it obviously for me, Jay Lethal, um, you know, we talked about it this past week, but he doesn't do a lot for me. He was a guy that came in AEW and had like so much promise and everything, which isn't to say he hasn't done a lot because, you know, he gets a lot of TV time. I love the double J stuff and everything. But in terms of like those elite competitors, I feel like he's sort of been out of the conversation for a bit. Um you know, they made a very big point, like Lethal's coming out here without any help. And it was interesting to see that difference between him coming out with no one and then Jay White still coming out with the guns. Right. Um, so we could see like those those slight little variations in between the heels and their approach um, to this tournament. But uh, everyone else, like, I mean, y- you could put any of these guys in like the majority of tournaments and it, it would feel right. Jay White. You know, G1 finalist multiple times, Moxley, Swerve, who I think needs to win this. Like, Swerve is ready. Swerve deserves it. Um, He is my hope and my pick to win. Briscoe is, like, such a great dark horse choice. Um, You know, he hasn't really found established footing within AEW yet, I feel like. Like, it's been very stop start especially with like him being shifted between AEW and ring of honor um you know and we just finished dynamite i really enjoyed his match with moxley hard hitting i love the false finish with the um what is it the froggy bow or whatever yeah, the, yeah, the, the album drop bow. yeah yeah froggy bow and um rush like roosh holy shit it's just it's funny too because you kind of have like I feel like in G1 almost, it's always like, oh, you have the hard hitters block, and this is more of like your showmanship block, right? But, dude, both of these are just straight-up ass-beater blocks. Like, <laughs> and I love it. Um, like, I'm all for it. And, uh, you know, I, something I was kind of worried about was uh, a lot of draws, and at least tonight we avoided that. Um, so, you know, 
more than anything, I, I really hope I, I don't even know. Remember what the question was. So my apologies. I've just been tangenting now. No, it's OK. Just I, was just, I was just asking you what you thought about uh, the blocks in general. And you mentioned it. Uh, Lethal himself. Uh, you know, he's a fine wrestler, but the way he's used it, his character and how he's been presented is just not that interesting. He's not really feeling like a threat. You know, it's like, how believable is it that he could go for the world title? But we do have to remember as well, I think one thing you have to point out this block, I think a fear that I personally had was that if you remember the Owen Hart tournament, it was all out of whack. They didn't want anybody to do any jobs, uh, like yep. you said, uh, with maybe doing a lot of draws here. They avoided that. And they needed somebody that can lose a lot, pretty much, in these blocks as well, if they wanted to protect uh, the other guys. And Lethal, uh, I thought his match with Swerve was really good as well. Like, it's not anything, like, super spectacular, uh, but I still liked it. And the thing with Jay is he's a very – Jay Lethal, he's a very technically proficient wrestler, so very professional. I always say he's, like, really like a 6 out of 10 across the board, you know, like good at everything but not stand out at anything. Uh, you know, but in a role like this is kind of the bottom guy of the block. I think that's pretty good. If it were, you know, we'll talk about who we would have put in. Uh, you know, we just mentioned the one guy there. and We'll see uh, our two picks because I'm sure they're pretty similar. Uh, I am notoriously not a fan of Jay White personally uh, as, as a wrestler, especially for this kind of tournament. But he does have the history. Uh, and it's somebody that you can believe in, unlike Lethal. Like White is a main event level push uh, act right now. So you could go with him. And obviously, when you put him in the position of just getting destroyed by Roosh for 90 percent of the match, then that's a winning formula. That is the Jay White we need getting his ass beat over and over and over nonstop. And we will have great matches with him, even though it had that was the dirty finish of the block. But I don't mind it. Uh, they established the rules. No people at ringside. They even did the tease where they had the Bullet Club at first and they threw him out right away, uh, which is how it should be. Uh, so you get the heel guy. That's something I'm a fan of personally. Uh I want to see in these blocks, whether it's G1, any kind of tournament like this, I want to see different styles. I want mm -hmm. the heavy hitter. I want the technical guy, maybe even a big guy. Like I think that's the one thing the tournament's kind of missing uh, a little bit, like the giant, maybe even a comedy guy here and there. But I just love seeing all these different styles mess, a high flyer, you know, like that kind of thing uh, in there. But uh, regardless, the – the Gold League is pretty solid, but I do agree he was the one that stood out to me in terms of interest. As a worker, I'm not personally a fan of Jay White, but the other four I think are all fantastic picks. Uh, Mark, you heard it in the crowd in the first match. Moxley is a main eventer and a former world champion, and Mark Briscoe was going toe-to-toe -to -toe with him in terms of reactions. Uh, him just being here is like a win for him in a lot of ways, but I still hope he gets a big moment. I think in Blue League... You do have some good stuff there, some really standout matches you can point to. In Gold League, there's not a real match that feels like it would be like – other than Moxley, I think he's kind of like the tentpole of this block. But other than that, I, I wish that they – or I hope that they have like build-up matches, you know, because on this show there wasn't any real promo time or anything like that. But makes – you know, for Roosh, for example, I think he is a guy who desperately needs a push uh, more than anything else. He would have been my – top pick probably of everybody to be in uh in my opinion have him declare war I, ideally it would have been jay white like they but they already did the match but have him declare war on one of these guys that hey i if i beat you that's as good as winning almost uh, you know pretty much like a big mm -hmm. win 
in Blue League, you have Kingston as kind of that tentpole guy to where he has the titles. Obviously, that adds extra importance. And you have Claudio versus Brian, which everybody's going to be interested in hype for because they're a part of the same team. I think Gold League is missing that. But overall, still, I'm very happy you get star power. Uh, you know, they didn't chump out like the Owen League. I think that's what I was worried about. <laughs> that, they would, that would be all, you know, just rent QT marshals and, and stuff like that. We don't need that. Uh, these guys, like I said, if Jay Lethal's the worst we got, then I can live with that. And Jay White is pushed uh, as well. So uh, good stuff there. Let's take a look at the Blue League. We brought it up here. Real quick. Yeah. Um, Like, oh, I wanted to say, so... Three. If you had to pick your three matches that you're most excited for from Gold League, what would they be? Oh, Roosh and Swerve and Roosh and Moxley are automatically my, my top two. I think any combination of those three. And then the third right now, um, Mark and Moxley, I think, would have been on my list as well. But I'll switch Swerve and Moxley as the third. Like all three of those guys, all of their matches together are my top threes. No, all great picks. Like, okay. Swerve Roosh instead of Moxley Roosh, just because I don't think I've ever seen that. And like Swerve, I think is going to just retain this hard as hell edge and him like colliding with Roosh, I think will be great. Swerve Moxley. um, Cause I think that will be a big decider for the block. And then, okay, low key. And this is even after I was like, you know, we could have switched him out, but he definitely has his purpose is lethal Briscoe. Um, yeah, that, that because, what a great match they had in the Jay Briscoe tribute match, remember? Yes, and I think like after that they did the feud, right? And then it became way more comedic. Um, so now with Lethal hopefully trying to play it a little bit more serious in this, I think you could get one of those like low key bangers. I'm talking like a when Ishii makes Toru Yano work his ass off <laughs> all of a sudden, you know? I'm yeah. hoping, hoping that we get something like that. That's you know. Because it, it, it's one of those those tournament matches that has so much else, like, you know, tucked in with it in terms of emotional history and everything. Um, but, yeah, no, I think um, like like you were saying as well, um, people doing jobs, <laughs> having an actual roster that doesn't chump out for this. And I think they're succeeding in that so far again like my only hope is that it's not a lot of draws for someone like kingston i guess yeah that Um, remains to be seen because that was my fear is that for him specifically with the belts they're not going to want him to lose until the end at best but they might not want him to advance maybe they want him to advance i mean we'll have to wait and see but he is the one that i have my eyes on is hey are we going to get a lot of draws to keep him from the finals without losing the title that's not something we have to think about something else that could be interesting. And it's cause it's okay. It's one of those things, right? Like you walk up to an ice cream shop and there's like a sign outside and it's like, you cannot ride a horse inside of here while holding a gun. And it's like, they <laughs> only had to put that up because someone did that. So the whole, no one is allowed at ringside violation of this rule may result in a one point deduction. I'm like, would you include that if you're not going to do it at some point? That's what I was thinking. And yeah. The, so the you know what the, I feel like in terms of moments too for Gold League right I could totally see um, Roosh getting a big win over Moxley I could totally see Swerve and Roosh being the only two people who'd beat Moxley even Moxley and Swerve going to the limit I think would be great I think if Jay White loses it's it's got to beat a Briscoe I think he's the guy to get yeah. that babyface win over White. And then, you know, you do that and then White loses a point as well for something else. 
And so I, I think because I'm like, I can't I, I don't know who else they do the point situation with other than J fucking yeah. White, unless <laughs> yeah. lethal just reverts back to double J stuff. But um, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm interested to see how that plays out as well. Like that slight little caveat has me excited. So but um, no, thank, thank you for hearing me out. Let's let's dive into Blue League. Oh, absolutely. I, all of your points were right. I totally agree with what you said about them taking the point away. Why put that in if they're not going to do it just to establish the rule uh, pretty much. And I think it's a great way. You you're not you know, you still want to keep Jay somewhat strong, but you don't want him to advance. So that's an easy way to get him out of the final, have him drop a point. So he really only loses once or twice, but he has the the penalty that takes him out and maybe it advances Swerve or Moxley instead. Uh, so I, I really like that as well. Uh, really well done tournament uh, from that sense. Uh, I, I like the rule set and everything like that. Um, Blue League now that we were on. And I totally agree with you, too, about Mark being the one to beat Jay White. That is a match you can point out. They haven't really built it up. I hope they give them a promo, especially Mark. If he could cut a promo on Jay and talk about how important, like, you know, that he's the opposite of what Ring of Honor represents or whatever, I I could get fired up for that. Real quick though, have you have you noticed? I just turned it on to the Grizzlies game. And we're playing the Rockies or the Rockets. Have you seen this new logo Houston has? It's an astronaut no. with a basketball on it. That, uh, they have it on center court, which is I got to admit is pretty awesome. Oh, is this for the? Um, is this the in tournament right now? I think so. Oh my god! Okay. Yeah. Rockets logo changed. Oh yeah, well just uh, I, maybe just for this time they still have their normal logo with the R on the screen but at center court it's an astronaut dunking a basketball it looks i pretty- see it that's badass <laughs> yeah it, look, it looks pretty awesome i have to admit uh, on there it looks like a nba street volume two yeah screen. like that's <laughs> it, it does it totally does on there Bobito. <laughs> yeah hey yeah yeah I, cucumber slice that's my guy the, the cucumber slice hey i i'm maybe one of the few that like v3 better, better than street two even though wow I, Listen, I love Volume Two, but V3 had the dunk contest, man. That, that when I was a kid, I was going crazy. You could do like five dunks in the middle of the air all at once. <laughs> uh, you know, and dunk, jump over trailers and porta potties and everything else. Forgot that was my jam. I, I was a huge N1 fan back in the day. Uh, oh my god, well. yeah, the N1 tapes. Did you play Ballers? Yeah. Oh, uh, Ballers was like a game that. You made me want to break controllers. It was so hard. Yeah, but it it was fun. Like the one-on-one aspect of it. Like for people who don't know ballers, it's the game is pretty much you create a character and go to basketball players like mansions and face them (laughs) one-on-one. Yeah, the story is it's like bringing a guy from the streets under a reality show to make it's like a, from rags to riches. Is the name yeah, of they, they like show up at like fucking LeBron James's house and he's like, this guy's going to play you. And you're just on his backyard. And it's like, what? yeah, yeah that so, game's awesome. I love those games as well. Shout, <laughs> shout out NBA Street. Yeah, shout out to the Rockets, even though they kind of whooped our ass in this game, but that's okay. Uh, Grizzly struggling. Ja, when Ja gets back, we'll be back. Uh, Marcus, too, dude. When I saw yeah. that, my heart sank for you. So, Yeah, we've had a lot of injuries uh, this year. <laughs> but, uh, you know, shout out to the Rockets there. i got to give them some love, even if they're not my team. But back to our scheduled program here. <laughs> this, is, this is not basketball update, although that, that may be a future spinoff uh, coming in there. Blue League now. This is a great block, people, so, so pay attention. We've got Andrade El Idolo, Brody King, Brian Danielson, 
Claudio Castagnoli, Daniel Garcia, and Eddie Kingston, the champion, you know, tr- the double champion already. Big part of it. They made a big show. This is another thing I like about the presentation of it. I hope it's something they do through all the tournament matches. They have a table at ringside with all three titles, but the Continental Classic belt is under a, a you know a blanket or whatever, so you can't see it. But they have the strong and the Ring of Honor titles all there. Uh, I like that. I like that they're bringing up the Triple Crown. That needs to be hammered into everybody's heads because it's kind of a new thing. And if you notice in the Swerve and Jay Lethal match, that was the start of the show, right? They really hammered home. Uh, Excalibur was really tough on saying, hey, maybe if you're an American wrestling fan, you're not as familiar with this round robin style. It's not a win and you, you're you in or lose, you go home. You can lose and still advance. They did a good job really focusing on that early on. And yeah. I don't think that with a triple crown. Tony Schiavone as well, or Schiavone being like, yeah. you know, wow, this is the first time in 30 years we'll have a triple crown. Um you know, really reinforcing as well, like it's the three companies coming t- together to, you know, create this, you know, grand championship, essentially. So it it all it all had very good energy. I feel like that's the only way I can explain it. Right. Like you it's one of those moments where it's like a hardcore fan. And I think as a casual fan as well. You just sort of feel like respected and not like fucking patronized. Right. Um so I, I really enjoyed the commentary and the exposition for the tournament as well. Great, great point to bring all that up. Yeah, absolutely. The f- even quote unquote casual fans or whatever, they're not dumb. It's it's like the same way. There are some maybe football fans, you know, <laughs> if you're an NFL fan, maybe you don't watch everything, but you tune in for the playoffs. You'll still get the gist of what's going on if they take the time to explain it to you. A lot of times wrestling, like it's either all or nothing. Either you go full subtlety hammer like WWE does sometimes and you just go crazy and you treat your fans like morons. Uh, You know, it's it's so over the top or you just let something go that could easily be explained if you just make the effort to it. But you then you just don't do it. And that can be bad, too. Uh, Here, I thought they had a perfect I like I totally agree with what you said. Great point. Good energy all along throughout the show tonight, uh, setting up this tournament, and it's a great look at the start. But what do you think about Blue League here? Uh, this is a, obviously a different block here. Uh, they have a, a lot of different guys in. They already told a little bit of story when they were hyping up the tournament, especially obviously Eddie has his. Brian Danielson was kind of the marquee guy. Again, they put Moxley and Brian on the logos on social media, and they really made a point to hammer home that Garcia is the underdog. Uh, I think we need to take a second do that dance for a little second yeah if you're at home do the dance this is our daniel garcia dance segment i I did Um, it myself so (laughs) (laughs) this is an awesome block um the surprise for me was brody and pretty much only because i I expected malachi if it's going to be one person doing big singles matches and it really like i can't remember the last time like malachi had a big singles match i know he had that feud with andrade but i don't know did they have a singles match versus each other i don't remember that it, it, that may have been one of those uh punk era collisions <laughs> that they had a match on yeah because andrade feuded with the house of black i know he had like a ladder match with murphy and he had a match with brody as well but i don't know if he had a match with malachi and you know his back issues have been discussed a, a lot over time and i wonder if that has to do something with it if he's like not able to do this he never had a singles matches andrade never had a singles match with black 
Yeah, I like I really cannot remember the last time Malachi Black had a big singles match. So I guess I'm just surprised by that omission. Except the WWE <laughs> when they were they were there before. Oh my god, what was his name again? Alistair Black. Alistair Black. Yeah, wow. remember they, they they feuded over the title at NXT. Uh, well, this is like five years ago now. Oh my god, that's right. Okay. Yeah, take because over New Orleans. Did Black take it from Andrade? Yeah. Okay. Wow. Fucking throw back to a black and gold era there. I wonder if that's why he met his wife. Because remember, she was Andrade's manager in NXT. Oh, Zelina, that's right. That's right. I forget they're married. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Hey, like I said, Black, sometimes I'm not a big fan of these dark gimmicks just because they're so overdone, in my opinion. that They just always come across really cheesy. Uh, we had a. I really got to recommend our last show if you haven't listened to it yet, the Full Gear. I thought we had a really productive conversation about the medium of pro wrestling that I don't think you're going to get on a lot of shows when we were talking about the uh, MJF and Juice angle from a few weeks ago and how that played out. But just the medium of wrestling sometimes doesn't work for all this dark stuff. I know Undertaker was mad successful and all that, but for me as a fan, I'm not that into it. So I sometimes I'm down on the gimmick, but hey, Malachi Black. That brother busted his ass in that ladder match, even with the back injury and everything. So I got to get respect. And uh, all of them, like all of the House of Black are good wrestlers. You could have really picked any of them. E- even Buddy Matthews, uh, we saw him have a good match on the pre-show for sure against Claudio uh, if they wanted to revisit that. But I like Brody. He's kind of the de facto big guy of the tournament here. That's one of the things I always check marked off. Uh, like a big power guy, one of the most devastating finishers. I hope that they put that over as a big deal. Um, you look at the rest of the block, you've got Brian as the technical guy, uh, Luchador and Andrade, but also all these guys, too, are kind of like hard hitters. Uh, Garcia, not as much, but still, he's a great technical wrestler, and he'll bring the entertainment aspect with the dancing as well. Uh, Claudio, another great mix, power, technical. He can do a little bit of everything. And then Eddie with that, uh, you know, uh, King's Road style that he loves. I think it's a really well-rounded block of different styles uh, in this tournament as well. Uh, And I think that's – I think I like Blue League a little bit better than Gold overall. Um, But I still like – I mean, I like Gold League a lot, don't get me wrong. I like how they handled it on night one. But Blue League, to me, you've got a lot of big dream matches here you can look at. it. if I were to pick out three – I got to go with the thing is, it's impossible to pick against Brian because all of his matches are awesome, no matter who he faces. I think that's what before I throw it to you real quick. But one of my disappointments is Brian Danielson to me, I wanted to see a lot of first time matchups that we haven't seen yet. When I fantasy booked the block, that's a big thing. I wanted to make a point. You could and you have a lot of guys that you could have put in there, but instead He's wrestled basically all of these guys uh, except for Brody uh, in the past. So I I wish that they had done a little bit better to give him some fresher matchups. But they're all awesome. They're all going to be good. Brian Brody, Brian Claudio. Brian Claudio might be my most anticipated match as a fan. And Brian and Andrade as well. Uh, but Brian and Kingston could be good. I'm interested. Actually, I'll put that as number three because I'm interested to see how they do uh, the title stipulation with that. Uh, I think Brian... <laughs> is just awesome, so I will always be a little, maybe even a little bit biased, but I'm also being honest, Brian is the best wrestler in the world to me, so I have to go with him, but uh, Nella, what do you what do you think? What are your picks? So, top three matches I'm excited for, I would say Claudio and Andrade. Um, 
Andrade is so goddamn big, but I feel like Claudia is still going to base for him and just like the craziest hard hitting, like flip flippy dive match. Um, Danielson, Claudio, I'm really excited to see them, especially with like the additional BCC heat. And um, also it's wild. Like there's a lot of factions represented here. House of Black, um, you know, Jericho, whatever that is, appreciation society thing is now. The Double J family, LFI, Mogul Embassy, Bullet Club, and it's all one. And then fucking BCC has three representatives, which is pretty wild. And I think illustrates where that faction stands in the the ultimate lands or the ultimate power dynamic landscape of AEW. Um, match I'm probably most excited for is Danielson Kingston. Um, they had such a good match the last time they did. And I'm just insanely excited. Um, you know, I, I totally agree with the the first time matchups. Um, like I, I can't remember Claudio and Danielson fighting an AEW, but I do remember stuff like Brody and Garcia, and I'm pretty sure um, Andrade as well. And that was like pretty recent, right? That quote unquote dream match. Yeah. Um, so like for me personally is um, I was hoping for ones that like hadn't happened in AEW already, you know, like Claudio's stuff like that. But um, I don't know. I think like hopefully this additional ripple, right? Because like Brody and Garcia, I feel like those were matches just kind of on his like welcome tour. He's like fighting Wheeler and then he's fighting Lee Moriarty and they're all pretty good, but they're like seven minute matches, right? He had that great feud with Garcia and there's been so much that's happened to Garcia since that I think is like completely pushed him off that previously, you know, thought of path. So you know, even some of these matchups where it's happened before, I feel like there's a lot of story potential here. Like one of our big complaints on a lot of these shows is that there's just no fucking effect, right? Like MJF beating Jay White, like, okay, so what's happened for MJF? Nothing's changed. He's still doing the same exact shit, right? But it's like, I feel like just simply by facing Danielson and Garcia, like this is a canon event. Like Garcia will come out different and we will see maybe more of a trajectory for him. Um, overall, like just this is probably the more solid one. Um, I'm hoping that Brody has some really great singles matches. Um, you know, th- we got a lot of big man stuff here, but yeah, I don't know. I'm just overall very excited for this tournament. Um, Okay, I would say if you could make this into Ted Man blocks, right? So G1 style, who are the two you would add to each block? Although that may be eight man blocks. Uh, you know, they have six right now. So if we had two, that would make it eight. Oh, shit. So it would be four and four in each. See, that's why I'm working okay. creative and not yeah. mathematics. Uh, that's okay. I'm not a bad <laughs> Uh, so to me, again, I don't really have a problem with the, any anybody really in this tournament. To be honest with you, uh, was there somebody you said that you would have swapped out in Blues uh, Blue League? No, I guess the the one for me was I was just surprised it was Brody and not Malachi or even oh, yeah. Buddy. Um, but I really like that if we're talking about young talent in AEW, right? Because young talent for like AEW fans versus I feel like us, not to like classifier categorize or anything but in the sense of you know someone who watches AEW only jay white is very much a new person for them yeah, yeah so i feel like with the young blood you have a you know ultimately 
you know, let's say our vets kind of are like our Andrade, Danielson, Kingston, Claudio, Moxley, you know, like Lethal Briscoe. I feel like Roosh, Garcia, what Brody, yeah. Jay, and Swerve. Like that is a very good young class of wrestlers. And um, I don't know, outside of people who are in like established programs, right? Like let's say a Samoa Joe. Yeah. I guess I feel pretty satisfied. Like I, 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 do you feel like there's any glaring omissions or someone you're like, damn, I can't believe they didn't put them in. I guess Adam Page would be the one, but I think it makes sense. Considering what happened in the match, I actually like, and he was nowhere to be seen on tonight's show, which was very cool uh, that they kept that continuity up. To me, there is one person I think should definitely have been in the tournament some way, and I'm not throwing shade at any of the participants again. I'm pretty happy, and I think we're both pretty happy with the tournament, but you know, if you were to switch somebody out, to me, the guy who one million percent would have been one of my top picks should have been in would be Kanosuke Takeshita. Uh, I don't uh, understand why he wasn't in there. You could have easily, obviously, time. Maybe there. the thing is, even if you're afraid to have him lose and you don't want him in there for that reason, at that point, I think losing would be better than what he's been doing, which is nothing. Like He's really not been a factor on TV at all. No big singles matches. You're not getting anything near what you could get out of him. If you put him in that... Uh, gold league block i think that adds a ton of intrigue uh to just as to us as fans but with the storyline is so weak you could also use it as a way to kind of build him up and kind of what i hope they do with roosh because he hasn't been giving it given anything either but i think with roosh he has a chance to really gain something brody mm-hmm. daniel garcia they could gain something they, they're not going to win the tournament i don't have any thoughts of that even though i wish that it would happen with roosh but i don't have any dreams of that but they can still gain something even without winning i think Takeshita could have been one of those guys as well that even if he doesn't win just give him one big win in the tournament and that's something you could hang on to maybe even spin off a whole rivalry in a real one not the the don Callis one one, uh, out of it that that would be my number one pick would be Takeshita. yeah because at this point jericho and omega have moved on right they are now challenging for the title. Yep. So unless Callus is going to fuck that up for them or something and then continue the feud, which I hope not. But yeah. <laughs> no, I completely agree. I forgot about Takeshita, and I think that says a lot, unfortunately. Um, <laughs> damn. Yeah. It's sad to say, but it's not your fault. It's their fault <laughs> for, for making this this way. I think one of, if I could add another person, Miro would be at the top of the list. Mm. I think he's a guy they don't yeah. – and he hasn't had really any factor on Dynamite at all for is, years now. Is he – he's currently feuding with someone, right? And it's Andrade. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, that would be perfect to put him into that block as well. Uh, you could easily do that. And that gives us two more guys to pick, one in one each block. Like you said, Paige, I like it because of the devastating match that they had. And I like, too, that they utilized that with Swerve's match as well. Jay Lethal did a great job going after the arm uh, in that match. Uh, They did that. But for the other two, those would be my first two picks. Who could you get out of of this, too? Because there are a lot of great talent in AEW. If you look at the roster, there's so many people involved in it. I would have Yuta on one, too, and I would have him at the, the gold block. That way you could have all four of them in different blocks. It would be Moxley versus Yuta, Claudio versus Brian. Keith Lee 
Yeah, that's who I had in my fantasy booking. Keith also, Lee, Lance Archer. Trying, well, he's I'm a just new, going he's through a new, this. He's a new Japan. Ah, okay. Right uh, hey, I watched their match too. Monster Sauce, uh, the team with Archer and Alex Zane. What? Are they in World Tag League together? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> that's hilarious. Yeah, they won their uh, first match. Hey, by the way, if y'all are fans of Japanese wrestling, uh, tune into the Eastern Lariat Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash Eastern Lariat. I'm covering every single show of both the New Japan and All Japan Tag League. So quick plug there. Hell yeah. What about um, Orange Cassidy? So like anyone who's a champion, I feel like it makes sense. But yeah, primarily because they're going for a triple crown title. Yeah. And I feel right. like. If you go like, wouldn't it automatically just fuck it up? It's like, well, they're quadruple crown or whatever. But um, what I if they uh, to throw, throw one more name out? And I'll, I'll let you say your piece too. What do you think of the idea of Osprey being in this tournament? And like before, because the, the tournament's going to end before January fourth, and you could have a little bit of a tease of him going for the titles if they wanted to do that and it had the dates for it. Dude, I think if he came in and debuted and said, I'm going to be in the Continental Classic, how much bigger would this tournament have felt before we got the announcement this morning? (laughs) Well, that's that's the only flaw of this. What they've done so far in action, we really liked the first show. The buildup to it was terrible. Like, you know, we talked about um, there was a thing going around online, the checklist of stuff, you know, and they didn't hit any of the check marks before, literally hours before the first show. Like you said, if that had been his debut promo, put me in the Continental Classic, I'm going for the Triple Crown. That, like you said, that automatically makes this feel like a main event thing, which it still I, feels good. Like it's still, uh, and it maybe they'll get there to where it's a full like this could be just as good as the world title, like this Triple Crown. But I do, don't think they did themselves any favors with the lame buildup and just – like I said, I, I wondered if they were trying to get somebody new or an outsider or a CMLL guy we were talking about on the last show. But it, it didn't come to fruition. Instead, they just had normal guys. They did a great job. Again, I'm not criticizing anybody, but definitely the buildup should have been a lot better for the tournament. Okay, if I'm adding four more people yeah, just to balance it out, Yuta, like you said, I throw in Roddy. Yeah. And Trent and then Penta. I feel like you could have some more fun with those guys. You go for Penta. Uh, Phoenix is in. Dude, Santana would have been fucking great for yeah, this. Yeah, we just. Dude, t- talk about a guy who needs something. Yeah, like we just him, talked about him on the last show, too. Yeah. Honestly, him and Lethal's spot, I think, would have been really. Play off God, the history damn. with him and Moxley. I remember like, I mentioned the eye promo they had. Uh, before two years ago, they uh, th- two or three years ago, they did oh, the thing where he snapped his eye with the key. Remember? That would have been amazing. Ah, totally okay, great pick. Why did I have to book myself into regret just now? I. I <laughs> and, and the <laughs> thing is, they did they did such a good t- job, but that's the the curse of AEW, pretty much. And WWE a little bit. Like if WWE did a tournament like this, we would also be saying, well, what about this guy? Uh, because yep, the problem yep. is AEW. They have a million great wrestlers on the roster again, so obviously not not everybody's going to be in that we want. But I do think that would have been a great pick with Santana. I feel like Takeshita is a pretty glaring omission, and like you said, some of these guys that we would have liked, and obviously somebody like a Kenny Omega or whatever is going for the titles <laughs> right now. But 
for the most part, I think they did a good job, but we also we could still say no matter who the, and if they put it any combination of 12 wrestlers, we still would have had guys that would have been like, man, I can't believe they left out Takeshita or, or whoever. Uh, you know, it would have been somebody if it wasn't him. Yeah. And, um, you know, I do really like like you said, like, an Omega would have been cool and stuff like that. But something that this tournament has is it really seems like zero distraction, you know. There's none of these people really have outlying stuff going on outside since maybe an Andrade right now. Um, so I really like that, like, um, you know, a lot of the times in like a G1 or even other tournaments, it's like there's always like there's going to be those matches that, you know, are like kind of gimmicked for something else. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I Again, like I'm I'm feeling good. Here's to hopefully a good tournament and. I, you know, I hope that a year from now when we're previewing the, I just said hopeful like 10 times, I'm going to say it again, the hopeful next <laughs> Continental Classic, we can look back and be like, how are they going to top last year's, right? Um, I would love to see a deeper field. Uh, it's, I don't know. I'm just, I'm really excited to see what happens. And I don't know, we can uh, keep up with these shows, maybe do like short little, uh, or not short little, but like, uh, you know, just Continental Classic recap shows as well to keep up with the tournament could be pretty fun. Yeah, that sounds like a bona fide hoot in my book. Ooh. But with that said, before we get on out of here and uh, end our time talking about the Continental Classic, which I've greatly enjoyed, to be honest, we got to lay it down. We still we're still early on. We did have the benefit of watching the first show with the Gold League, but still. Mm. Uh, the Blue League hasn't happened yet, and it's only one match, so everybody's still alive. What's it going to be? We come in at World's End at Nassau Coliseum in Long Island, which MJF said was the best place in the world and the Chicago crowd booed when he, when he said that. Who do you think it's going to be? Who's going to win the Blue League, and who's going to win the Gold League, and who's going to win the tournament? Okay. Um, I just realized, too, they don't they didn't give us the actual cards, right? Like every other tournament, you always see what's the final day matchup. So you can kind of get that idea. Yeah, it kind of gives us a cheat card. <laughs> right. That's smart, actually. I'd like to not do that because it makes it very predictable. Like, in, you know, G1, it's like, oh, Tanahashi and Naito are facing off on the last night. It'll yeah. come down to one of them. Right. And then all of a sudden it's like if Coda beats Yujiro, he wins the block. And you're like, wait, what the fuck? It's like anytime I think I have a grasp on like what the what the actual outcome will be, I just wind up with like no points. But anyway, okay, Gold League swerve. Um like and I say this because I look at the others and if it's like, you know, if it was just to become a tournament champion right tournament winner but because there's like the, the caveat of becoming a triple crown champion i just don't see white moxley lethal briscoe or Rouge like carrying those for some reason yet um i really think that i think you could get a swerve versus kingston final potentially and you have eddie put on the baby face performance of a lifetime and then lose to swerve and then eddie chases the triple crown um like that's the thing so if Eddie didn't have that stipulation, I would say Claudio. But because Kingston has that stipulation, I really see him going to the finals and either chasing the triple crowd or winning it there. And that's like his ultimate sort of coronation. So I'll, I'll say Kingston Swerve. What about you? I can't wait to be so fucking wrong. 
We don't know who's going to be wrong or right yet. I'm, I'm going to be wrong. We don't know that. You might have predicted it perfectly. What do you think of the idea that – this is another thing that was kind of sloppy shot, to be honest. <laughs> what do you think of the idea that there's no Ring of Honor champion now? Like It's a part of this triple crown, and it basically is unofficially the Ring of Honor and the New, the New Japan Strong champion all at once. Um. I like it in the sense of the Ring of Honor World Champion. Like, it's one of those things where it's always been like an et- – the Ring of Honor World Champion, since it's come back, has always been a prominent figure on AEW television, right? Jericho, Claudio, Eddie. So I think that this will finally make it so it's a little less weird. Like, okay, Eddie's doing his New Japan Strong and Ring of Honor title matches on AEW again, right, or whatever. Um, the Triple Crown – uh, I don't know. I, I like it. I think it'll be interesting, I guess, like, will people still be able to challenge for the Ring of Honor? Um, you know, is Eddie, I guess Eddie will have to, de- def- will the belt be defended at final battle? That's the weird part about all of this that doesn't make any sense. Uh, like I said, they really haven't explained that that well. Again, we kind of went over this on the other show. And again, nobody has proven me wrong. And it seems like I was right when I said it. But it seems like they're kind of consolidating the titles into one title. Like pretty much like you just have you just have three titles, much like the old All Japan Triple Crown. Yeah. And I mean, OK, for me, New Japan strong, no love lost there. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that just, guess, I mean, even they didn't care about it. They, uh, they, did, they didn't care about merging this title. So if they don't care, then I definitely won't. Yeah. And I mean, um, I don't know. I like it's always weird to abandon titles. Right. Mostly because for me, it's like the lineage is like, yeah, why, why end it? Why change it? Right. I yeah. love the idea of a triple crown in general, but it's definitely like I guess, would it be one of those things, right, where, like, if someone wins the Triple Crown, are they then added to, you know, is it, let's say, let's say Swerve wins it, right? Is he then the first Continental Classic champion, fifth New Japan Strong, and 40th Ring of Honor World Champion, right? In addition to being the first Triple Crown or whatever. Like, um, yeah, I don't know. You say you don't know math. I have no idea what I just said. I don't even know to add it up to three. Hopefully. No, no <laughs> uh, I don't know if there was 40 ring of honor champions or not, oh. but I had the same fears as you like this belt, especially like you, like you said, the strong title. I don't care about it. It's fine. But the ring of honor one, this does have a legit legacy to it. Like all mm-hmm. the way back to Samoa, Joe, Brian Danielson, Nigel, you have so many guys that were associated with the title. And does that just go away now because it's a part of the Triple Crown? Or does that – it feels kind of like a cheap way to be on the lineage uh, to go with this Triple Crown format. But that's the one thing I don't like. I don't think they're going to make it to where you can challenge one at a time because once they made the Triple Crown in All Japan, you couldn't do that anymore. You couldn't challenge for just one. But maybe they'll change their minds. I could easily see this being a Triple Crown at first. And then, you know, in a year or whatever, they just say, all right, like this is enough of this. We're going to break up the title. Like we're, you know, we're making it one title and we're going to bring a new Ring of Honor belt in. And, and on top of it, it does make you not to get paranoid or conspiratorial right now. It does make you wonder 
if maybe at end game of all of this is if they let's say Tony Khan is not happy with Ring of Honor for whatever reason. He just shuts this down. He's had enough. And that we see the end of Ring of Honor. Is this a way of him to keep the Ring of Honor title lineage alive, even if the company goes in the next year or two? That way it's always a part of this triple crown. That's kind of like a backup plan that maybe they thought of. Yeah, I mean, that that definitely sounds like an insurance policy. Um, I, I'm thinking now, too, something that could be maybe the big recurring theme and would separate this from a G1, you know, is that if Eddie's defending all of his belts this year, right, I could see whoever the triple crown champion is having to always participate and defend their belts in every match on the line. And that could, you know, because we always talk about in the G1, oh, we always expected Okada to win as champion, right? And, oh, what's going to happen then? So I think that th- this is an interesting setup as well. It reminds me of those old, like, um, goddamn PWG, like DDT tag tournaments, where sometimes you'd have the tag titles change oh, yeah. the second round, right? And that was always pretty fun. Uh, but no, fuck, maybe this is, you know, like the monkey's paw curling or whatever. Um <laughs> You know, first we were like, we want Abushi to be world champion, and then it snapped its fingers, and it's like IWGP World Heavyweight Championship. <laughs> we're like, wait, what? And now we're like, someone, some internet wrestling fan was like, I want Eddie Kingston to win the Triple Crown, and now they killed the Ring of Honor World Championship. So <laughs> this is why we can't have nice things. Well, regardless of their <laughs> explanations or whatever they have planned for this, I'll lay it down like this. Kingston versus Moxley final. Ooh. They never got to the singles match, like with all of their history. That's the match with the most history I think you could make uh, of the two blocks. And they never actually got to do it. So I think with that said, this is your avenue in the year on a big high note. I think having Kingston win would be a great ending to the tournament as well uh, if they wanted to do that. But I think it's better if he chases the title and Moxley is like his mountain to the point where whoever Moxley drops the title to, that becomes almost more important than the title to Kingston's character. Just him beating Moxley is like a title to him in and of itself. And I think this is a good way to kickstart that. Who knows how long they could drag it out? That could be a year long program if, if they play their cards right. It's already been over a year and they've yet to do the title. It's obviously not been a built constantly or anything like that but that thread is still alive they never did that match so i'm going to hit you with kingston and moxley is my pick for the final and i'm going to say moxley wins the tournament okay all right so i got swerve you've got mox sorry kingston (laughs) we both have you in the final though so so you are you are still a main character in all of this love you eddie as a fan, I I want Brian to win, of course. But that's another thing. This is another thing I was thinking of. They haven't even told that story arc with him either, going for the Ring of Honor title, the one that he made like with his title reign all the way back in 2006. Um, but still, like that might be off the table now with this Triple Crown, and that's kind of a shame. That's something I always secretly wanted as an old-school Ring of Honor fan. But still, I'm pretty hyped for the tournament. 
definitely enjoyed night one. I thought they did a good job on the show. They set the stage and set the table for things really well, too, with just how they explain things. Like you said, the energy was good throughout, and I really have high hopes for the tournament going forward with the no interference rule. This is what I want out of wrestling. The crowd got into it, too. Uh, they supported the action. They were going back and forth in the main event with Mark and, J- and Moxley. Uh, they did a great job, the crowd in Chicago as well. I think all the AEW crowds will get behind this format. And you'll see some great stuff coming in. It'll be interesting how things go forward. Don't love some of the comments Tony Khan made. We talked about that in the last episode, but uh, we won't rehash it here. And I think ultimately this is going to be a great tournament. It's something I definitely say in the next year and the next many years to come, I want us – to be talking about it on Russell Update, the Continental Classic, maybe off to a great start and very hyped for it overall. Yes. So with that said, uh, as always, it was really good to talk to you a little bit abbreviated compared to some of our, our show reviews, but still I uh, had a lot of fun and we will be back this weekend with a, a normal show uh, talking about Survivor Series as well. And definitely going to keep up with the Continental Classic itself. But other than that, uh, what do you got to say to the people? No. Um, MJF saying I beat Jay White with one leg and then putting him over right after is one of the best professional wrestlers in the world it's one of the dumbest and funniest fucking things I've ever heard that's my wrestle update for the week that's my sign off excuse you he said kind of dig that in he said your boy beat Jay White with one leg and let me know uh, let me tell you you are one of the greatest wrestlers in the world. It just sounded like he was talking more shit. Like it didn't sound genuine after that. Oh no, not at all. Like what? Oh. I, I, I guess we should mention this real quick before we get out of here. Uh, they definitely announced already that it'll be Joe versus MJF uh, for the mm-hmm. title at World's End as well. So uh, we kind of went over that. Uh, like we knew they were going to do a title. I thought they were going to do stuff with the devil. Uh, what did you think about the devil voice <laughs> that they came up with tonight? I just it at this point it's very I, like so white much. rabbit or yeah. retribution where it's like just fucking show me man yeah I like I <laughs> I don't care about the build anymore Joe and Max is a it's a match we it's a world title match we already got for free on TV and now it's a pay per view main event like this should have been winter is coming I I do not understand this maybe I mean like maybe Joe becomes world champion I don't know at least that would be a step forward absolutely. And I think that's something we desperately need with that story. But again, that was a brief part, part of the show. Uh, not brief enough <laughs> for my opinions, but still, um, I love the tournament. And that's what we're excited about. And we will keep up with AEW regardless. It's fine uh, at the end, even when they do goofy stuff <laughs> sometimes <laughs> uh, overall. But most importantly, I got one final question for you. What do you think? Do you have a, a favorite Thanksgiving food? Oh, stuffing. See that you sounded like my grandma and grandpa right now. That's their <laughs> as well. Uh, they, they always love. It. I mean, they make a huge ass bowl of stuffing Let's every year. Go. Huge, like bigger than the turkey. <laughs> like that said, <laughs> in this household, we've got more stuffing <laughs> than turkey sometimes, and we got a pretty decent sized tur- turkey. It's like ten to twelve pounds. It's in the oven as we speak. We're going to get it overnight. Definitely for me, I've got to go with a very particular kind of potatoes. Um, you got to hit them with the the broth. If you got ham, put the ham broth 
and cook the potatoes with that. It's gonna be Ooh. super delicious. Uh, I, I promise you, it's gonna be something like you know, it's gonna blow your mind. The potatoes and the ham broth is the winning combination on Thanksgiving. But uh, regardless, hopefully you and yours and everybody's out there, you guys all have a great Thanksgiving. Uh, you got anything planned for Black Friday? Is there something you're going to try and get on sale? No. Uh, no, I just got actually a Hayabusa shirt from like Genius. 2000. And it's on the back. It has like the huge letter, like we wait for your return and stuff. So, no, I already got my grail for the week. I'm chilling. You've already what won. About you? <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm planning my sister's birthday. The one who named the show for the record uh, oh, yeah. is on Black Friday. Uh, I got her a present here. And this was recommended by a very close friend of mine as well, uh, because I don't know that much. The thing is, my sister, she has a library in her room, pretty much. Uh, she's like mm-hmm. the ultimate book reader, <laughs> if, if there ever was one. Uh, so I reached out to somebody, uh, my friend Jesse. And she gave me a great uh, recommendation. Now, I'm about to hit you with this right now. You're never going to believe it. A Court of Thorn and Roses, the first chapter of a multi-book series. I got the special hardcover edition. My sister, she claims that hardcover is better than paperback in books. Now, I don't know that much about books, so I didn't know. But it does cost more to get hardcover. So I I went out. I didn't cheese out on her for her birthday. Uh, I had to get her the hardcover edition of the book. And if she likes it, I'll get her the rest on Christmas as well, because obviously we're a month away from Christmas. We got some big holiday endeavors away. Uh, like I said, even if you don't celebrate, it's OK. Use this as an excuse to get something tasty to eat. That's my goal and, and all of life. Every day is a holiday in my book. Have you ever celebrated National Shrimp Scampi Day? I have. Oh, I want to. Maybe I'll make some right now, honestly. That sounds bomb. <laughs> yeah, we have, forget turkey and all that. Let's just get the shrimp scampi. Uh, this is a place right now. Uh, but no, uh, everybody out there, seriously, have a, a lot of fun. Hopefully you guys buy some cool stuff. Get some great deals. You can find whatever you want to get. Uh, hopefully it's, it's all good there. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy birthday, Cheyenne, uh, wherever you are. And to everybody else. Thank you guys for listening. We really appreciate it. Tune in later in the week. Uh, we will talk about Survivor Series up next. But until then, this has been your Russell Update.